Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles, and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And, and two sides, sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another installment of Bald Moves, Bald Move TV podcast, the officially, unof- uh, officially unofficial podcast for all the television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about The Deuce, uh, starring or was written by uh, Simon and Pecalano. Pecano, oh, Jesus Christ. Pecorino Romano. Pecorino Romano. Yeah. George Pe- Pecano. <laughs> David Simon and a block of cheese. Pelicanos. God. <laughs> God. I'm, t- I'm so sorry, George. I'm so sorry. You don't Is he more or less aged than a good, a fine Pecorino Romano? Uh, I don't know. It's the Pe- Pelicano brief uh, <laughs> okay. starring Julia Pelicanos. Um, this is the first episode of season two. It's called Our Reason D'Etre or, or Our <laughs> Reason D'Etre. That's um, not, probably not accurate. That's what? If I had to that's guess. What? That's why it is features a five year time jump. What? Uh, from See, you said season. this before the episode, like before we started recording, and it blew my fucking mind because there's a scene in this episode where they find the car does, where that guy was murdered does, in the parking lot. It does lot. seem like the same place that CC murdered a guy. Um, I am not unsure if you're not supposed to make that 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 leap. But you're supposed to also realize that Detective Chris here is a detective, not a patrolman. And he's got I mean, there's there's a lot of subtle ways you can tell the fact that like disco went from an underground phenomenon to like ruling the New York roost in the form of up Club 366. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the fashions changed a little bit. The fact that the pimps are much, much less powerful. Yeah. In this era, though, they don't seem like there's much of a chance of them going quietly into quietly into that good night. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal has become a big name porn director. And the what's his face? Rodney, I think. No, Rodney. Harvey. Talk about the director. Got super skinny. Yeah. Harvey. Yeah. I guess in real life, this guy had a thyroid condition. Okay, I was wondering if he he did this for the role or if the role shaped his body sound like like it sound like the latter then okay. they, they rid in a wife that's maybe uh, forcing the cottage cheese down his throat as a way to explain why he's got a, a healthy nice um but yeah no there's a lot of uh like like um uh, vincent's power is much more solidified him and abby have had a long-term thing going on for mm-hmm. a long time now um but yeah there was a couple bumpy roads like i thought that they're like like it's easy to think that that Chris is investigating a crime that just happened last season. Yeah. There's also mentioned that the, the thing that tells the gives away is that slim Charles, uh, Leon who shot, uh, the pimp last year, he's actually getting back from a right. five year sentence for that crime, which blew me away. Cause I thought that he was going to do no time for that. Yeah, I did too. I thought he was shooting a pimp that was beating a woman in his restaurant and was the cops would have no problems with that. I'm <laughs> guess, actually, guess what? He's a black man. I was going to say like the power yeah. of racism is like, like <laughs> it trumps everything. The one thing cops hate worse than an abusive pimp is just a garden variety black man. I guess uh, so. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of shocked and I, I'm interested in seeing how that case went because yeah, that that went opposite of how I thought it would go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, five year time jump, which I'm I guess I'm fine with because I felt like it was very easy to get back into this world. Um 
I guess there might be some questions about like, do I really believe Frankie could fly straight and then not become <laughs> like a, a, a mob type liability in all this time? Um, I mean, every gambler will will experience some hot streaks now and then, right? And maybe Frankie's hot streak lasts about five years, and it's enough to keep true. him above water. It's true. Hey, uh, I want to take a break here and tell everybody what's going on at baldmove.com. Uh, for club members, we're starting to release a new season of content called The Empire Business. Uh, this is where we take a look behind the scenes and at the bottom line of Bald Move and talk about uh, various aspects of running an internet podcast startup. Uh, again, that's for club members. Uh, we're dropping a new episode every Monday until we run out of topics, which is probably going to be six to eight weeks. Uh, we are also in the throes of Better Call Saul Season 4, and we have a special feature for club uh, members if they want to participate in our instant talk part of the podcast every Monday after the uh, Eastern Standard Time airing of Better Call Saul. We do a live call-in show where people can, well, not call in, they can chat in through the YouTube chat interface, blah, blah, blah. It's at baldmove.com. Uh, we're also finishing up Game of Thrones this week. We're putting Season 3 to bed it's been a fantastic season. Had a lot of fun with our summer rewatch. Still time to get into that on the uh, the Game of Thrones feed. Uh, for bald movies this week, last week we saw The Nun, which we were kind of divided about its value as a scary movie. This week we're seeing Mandy. Jim, what is Mandy? Please don't ask me to describe Mandy. Uh, it looks like an art horror film starring a very bloody, very angry Nicolas Cage. And and you either know you're in on that or you're not. Oh, it's, you're in. Trust it's, me. It's, it's a limited release. Check out the trailer. We're going to be seeing it on Thursday night and talking about it on the Bald Movies feed. Uh, and that's all we got this week. I, I really I want to talk about Frankie and, and Vincent's whole situation because oh, that's going to be a huge problem. But yeah, uh, yeah. It, so it blew my mind with a five year jump. What what do you make of that case then? The, the murder case? Is that just a very similar case? I think that maybe... Uh, CC seems to be having a real hard time with his place in the world. Is he back at it? Uh, Stat, he might, fools? he might be, you know, killing people to step into him. Yeah, maybe, maybe he it's, does get into like a, a little bit of an argument in the bar. It feels like it's to be low rent for him though. Now, like he's, he's essentially shaking people down for porn star money. Right. Um, and there's a, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that. The thesis is this is all ostensibly still underground illegal activity, but it's flourishing. And what mm-hmm. what makes things come to a bad end is when bodies start to accumulate. So um, if they're like if this trade starts dropping a lot of bodies, uh, there's also like the new mayor Cox seem, Cox seems like he's wanting to uh, maybe clean up this area a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to be like that. That seems like where the chief uh, pressures are going to come from outside in the system that like, you know, there's been a de facto hamster dam of the sex trade in, in this part of the New York. And now the new regime is going to try to sweep it all off the streets, which is probably going to have disastrous effects. Yeah. I mean the, the mix of, I, this was true in season one too, but I think it's going to be more important as we continue down the road. Uh, of this series, the mix between the mob and the pimps and the people who are just trying to get by and run their businesses is super interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Um, the the intersection of like, because I look at like the pimps and how far they've fallen in that part of society yeah. in, in those ensuing, I guess, five years. Uh, 
they're really on the out, you know, and everybody else is on the up. The the actual the prostitutes themselves mm-hmm. are on the up, right? They're going to parlors, everything's safer for them. Right. That kind of stuff. They're they're treated better. Yeah, and there's like there's a couple things. Like there's um what I what I was really struck when I watched this the second time is what an interesting little morality play this is about labor relations. <laughs> because uh, there's a whole lot of like on the surface, like uh, disputes between labor and management. And then there's also a lot of classic, you know, bargaining power and working conditions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the interesting things is uh, our gay character, Paul, who has, I think they don't really spell it out, but there he's going to make like this, like gay paradise club, (laughs) like Uh, just a fucking Mecca. Like, like it now I've, I've had five years of running some gay parlors mm -hmm. for these mafia Goombas. And I'm now going to do like the gay man's Nirvana, and like they're putting all their hopes and dreams on it. That's super excited. But they're like, what do we need protection for? Because look, our people are cool. And like, I think there's a similar kind of thing going through to prostitutes. Not only have the pimps started losing a step. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know where Red Man's character uh, or Method Man. It's Method Man. Uh, I think that is Rodney. Rodney. Yeah. He his speech about I got a hundred day habit and who can tell? Not a goddamn. <laughs> You're wrong, he buddy. He is so like what uh-huh. is so funny is. <laughs> Up until he said that, I didn't notice his lost step. But as soon as he did, I feel like it was a choice that 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 uh, method man made that I'm going to slur a little bit and I'm going to like Jack Sparrow it up a bit and like, Uh oh, no. Oh, no, sweetie. (laughs) Everybody in this here cantina can tell that you you, you, you've got a hundred dollar day problem. Um, yeah, I mean, the pimps, and that's the thing that scares me is I know they're not going to go quietly, right? And you look at a guy like CC, right. and you say, what, if he can't transition, you know, right. to some kind of maybe insider porn thing or whatever, if he can't ride his prostitute's coattails, he is going to fight. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be bloody and it's going to be ugly. And it's so funny because, like, of all the pimps last year, I got to say, CC was the most terrifying. Yeah. Because he's very charming, very, I mean, He's he's such a good looking man. And when he's in this crushed purple velvet stuff, it's like, you know, easy to see like a a prince like magnetic persona. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then him cutting that girl last year. Holy shit. And she's not in this season. Yeah. Uh, Of course, I think she kind of layers hints that she had escaped. uh, But like, it's so funny because I would say that like Larry is the most outwardly terrifying guy. Because he doesn't seem like he's smart, and he also seems like he's capable of lashing out. Uh, he's the one that's like got the dim view of reading. Um, oh, but yeah, CC yeah. seems like he's also the most dangerous one. I don't know. Like Larry is early on seems like he might, I, but but they're all they're all that's what like I mean, like yeah. like Larry's always had the thing where he's barely in control and he's not very yes. smart. And like now he's let his prostitutes have bait. Like now there's like a fu- it's like this weird fucked up enough or eight is enough type situation he's got running out of his crib and yeah i just i think it's a recipe for disaster because i mean the pimps are going to continue to lose yeah and there's so many bright dominance and there's so many bright spots like darlene getting her ged and seeing like a way that she might be able to earn her way out of this and Mm -hmm. um lori getting like the star recognition and like the mainstreaming of porn but you know, like I mean, that's the thing about the show. This show is so much fucking fun to watch. I was having such a good time. Yeah. And like Cecily walked in on the like the last five minutes. She's like, "Is it good?" And I'm like, "Man, this show is such a good time." 
right up until it's not. And <laughs> and there and, and there wasn't much of that. This there's a little little min, menace lurking under the scenes, but mm-hmm. like that's the problem. Like you know, you really get in these conversations these pimps are having while they're getting their shoe shined, and it's just so cool, uh-huh. and they're like strutting and show. But yeah, they're also like really fucking terrible people, and there's all this drugs yeah. and and danger and as 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 because I kept on thinking in Club Three Sixty Six, like man, I would give my left nut to like get into a place like that and just see what it's like, like that right. much. That much degeneracy, just all like just stacked <laughs> yeah. together. You got, you got. Did you, did you also catch that the 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 leader of the Vice Squad is in Club Three Sixty Six? I heard a cop saying that, bragging yeah, yeah. about being essentially dirty and like you right. know, menace. It, it's it's it would be eclectic, electric to be someplace like that, right? Where just like this big nexus of pop mm-hmm. culture and drugs and music and swinging and sex and porn and everything. Like it's all libertine and everything feels until you get. Until you get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right, until it all goes bad. Yeah. And and that's kind of the experience, you're right, of watching The Deuce. Because, like, watching this, I wouldn't point to any one scene and say, this is the scene that makes The Deuce for me. Yeah. I would say, I am thoroughly engrossed in the time and place when I'm watching The Deuce. And... And the dynamics of it all, right? Yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah. what are the pimps going to do when the game changes on prostitution? Right. Because it's about to. I mean, the yeah. 80s are a very different time for prostitution. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and cocaine and money and just all the power dynamics are changing. AIDS is a big part of that, AIDS, too. AIDS, it's going to be a huge problem in, in those communities. So, like, the, the behind-the-scenes dread is there. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel it in the show. And yet the the, the presentation of it is sort of like fun is that the wrong word like there there's a there, there's a certain appeal to it all yeah i mean i know that like david simon's thesis isn't necessarily that everything should be legal uh-huh. um it's more of like systemic corruption right yeah, yeah. but it is also because like you know when you're watching uh maggie gyllenhaal bop down the sidewalk in that yep. cr- crazy good single cut sequence where she goes to club 366 and everything seems so glamorous and magical and then mm-hmm. the second time i was watching i noticed that like she's marching through trash strewn <laughs> streets and it's just terrible yeah. like like the, like you would hate to live in that neighborhood and then later on this is set in christmas and there's like a bdsm santa <laughs> right, giving I everybody the business and like there's a, a christmas tree of sex toys on it and i'm like i would hate to live in that neighborhood as a family I kind of wish that neighborhood existed to visit, though. Right. And it was like, say, and like, you, you, like you the, start the thinking red like. Red Light District of Amsterdam or something. Yeah, right? like, like, like that should be an, a fun adult place to go where the rule of law still holds sway. Yeah, and yeah. there's some sadness, I think, in David Simon because he was, you know, talking on the after features and he's talking about the New York of this mid 70s. Like, you know, we're, in the, we're by the way, we're in the Aaron Hubbard era, established 1976. So we're a year hmm. into. Uh, the the after Aaron period. Uh, he's talking about how there was so much corruption and 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 crime and violence and filth, like the trash and like, like New York and and one and one respects was like dying and drowning and like being choked to death. But on the other hand, it was so vibrant in its like art scene and yeah. just a vibe for people that like you know in countercultures. Um. Yeah, punk for for like, for women stuff, yeah. like an exciting time. It's like, oh man, maybe uh-huh. now everything's going to change. Um, I feel like that you could have that u- adult utopia if you just stopped the vice shit. Like, yeah. like if we had a sane drug policy, if we had a sane, if we treated sex workers in a sane and, and safe legal way, yeah. we could have our cake and eat it too. 
But yeah, I, I never, I never walk into into like a casino, for instance, and think, "Oh boy, I'm unsafe here." Right? Oh yeah, this is just this this room's about to blow. Right, it's a fucking vice. Right. Like I know when I walk into that place, I'm there to lose. The money. only difference between that being safe and fun and what stays in vain and, and yes. being lawless and drag out to the city at gunpoint is a couple of lines of ink on a couple of state legislatures. It's the right. only difference. The, the fact that it's in the open. That's the only difference. That yeah. one like. Like, pro, like if you've gone through the bad areas of town, you're like, oh, my, the only reason they're the bad areas of town is because the rule of law doesn't apply there. Sure. We right. could make that. We could legislate that. We could legalize that. We could tax it. We could regulate it. We could have safety standards. Yeah. You could like like sex workers who their bosses fucking beat and abuse them and take their money can be put in jail. Like, yeah, I mean, let's do Hamsterdam for all the vices, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The, the, Except for not still make it illegal and make it filthy and disgusting and squalid. Like, well, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's the really like, man, I, I do feel like you can squint and see like a future where, you know, you could have all the again, you wouldn't move a family into that neighborhood. You wouldn't move no. a family into the red light district of Amsterdam. But if you're an adult on vacation, it's the thing I, you might seek out. I think we got to wait until we colonize the stars and then we can have the Rigels. You right, know? Yeah. We can have the fucking Orions, pleasure planets yeah, sure, and the sure. cocaine planets, the disco right. planets, have yeah. all that. Yeah, being being born on a, on a sex planet probably <laughs> closes uh, some avenues to you. But uh, no, I, I get your point. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's 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 such a frustrating, interesting experience because all of the yeah. bad things that you see in this society seems to stem only because of the illegality, which allows the corruption. Mm -hmm. And that's the other kind of like really funny joke throughout this whole thing. There's this misdirection, like a, like a, like a horror movie jump scare where these scary mob guys are saying, Hey, uh, I know, I know why the takes light. You need to come yeah. take a ride with me. And you find out that they think that their competition has outcompeted them with removing yeah. the plexiglass <laughs> from the grab booths. No, that's great. Yeah. No idea that like, no, 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 actually Frank is stealing the blind fuck yeah let's talk $10, about that thousand dollars dude and this is not the first time and it won't be the last time and the way they Frankie... filmed that's so funny because like that dude that was mining the the quarter booth like uh -huh. he could have just l lowered the boom on Fr and frankie and it'd be done um you know but like he's kind of untouchable because he's vincent's brother yeah and what are they he gonna just do Carts out $10,000 and nobody can do anything. And most importantly, I think, is the fact that Vincent is giving him license to do it, right? He doesn't put his foot down. And when he goes and he takes his ten grand, he spends it on a rock for his new bride. Mm -hmm. it, Vincent knows he's not getting the money back. He knows he should fucking slap him in his face and say, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, don't let We're him We're dealing with this. the fucking mafia here. Yeah. Do you not remember five years ago when you got out of jail or whatever? Right. And they were up your ass ready to kill you. Right. And I fucking bailed you out. <laughs> like, all of this shit and, you know, Frankie would is come just back happening again. And he'd be like, yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened to you, because now look what you got. And it's because of me. Like, I, yeah. I guarantee that's what he'd say. For sure. But Vincent should. Vincent needs to do something about this. And you see him giving tacit approval at the end by right. saying, you know what? Forget about it, Frankie. I right. got it. It's my gift to you. Right. And he knows. I mean, it's such a fucked up dynamic because he's like he doesn't know that there's a difference between ultimate permissiveness and also being passive aggressive about it and also letting him be killed by the mob. Right. Like, right. There's, there's a like, middle path. Somewhere. What if you hold him like, you know, let him feel some of that heat like like, yeah, you gotta mm -hmm. have to strap your fucking shoes on and deliver because you're gonna have to work yourself out of this fucking hole. You dumbass. Like, right. uh, yeah, that's I mean, that's some real menacing shit. Like, I don't. I don't see how Frankie 
unless he just grows up in a real hurry. I don't see how he survives a season, right? I mean, I think he's going to survive the season, but I know he's going to cause huge problems for Vincent. And, and I think Frankie is only the second biggest threat. I think the pimps are the first. Hmm. The death throes of pimpdom. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't think pimps have gone anywhere. I mean... So that's like, I'm saying like what I think is going to no, happen. No, but it, the nature of it drastically changes. I think what's going to happen is these women are so close to being able to get like, you know, have like sex work lives in the open yeah. and, you know, be celebrated and free. And this push of morality is going to push them back into having no respectability, no legal standing. And the, the pimps mm-hmm. will be there to open them back. And I don't think the pimps are going to defeat it. I think they're going to be triumphant. It's going to go... Now, it's interesting because, like, they're not – like, it, it is funny because that's one of the things I have a problem with the five-year time jump. Nobody looks that much older even though they're all doing tons of drugs and drinking <laughs> and staying up late. Like, right. what the f- – where is the miles being taken out on these people? Mm. I would say uh, Frankie actually looks even better. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. Got, like, a haircut and he's just, he's just looking good. He's looking happy. I think and- they, they both, like – so Vincent is interesting because, like, um, I want – the fashion of that big coat and the sweaters to come back because he looked like a fucking brick house in those things. Like I, I wish bulky coats and sweaters would come back hmm. because I would look really, I'd look, I'd look really good pushing that. Just not his hair. I don't want oh, well, that, I, that, that, that hair that, to come that, back. That hair, that ship sailed about fifteen years ago, Jim. Uh, but but <laughs> well, they, no, I could still, I could still make, I could still make do with the coat and the the sweaters, man. That's fair. Don't take that from me. Um. Yeah, so so we're we're talking about uh, Frankie and Vincent. Um, what's this kid's name? Uh, uh, Franco, James, James Franco. Franco. Yeah. Uh, since the last season of uh, the Deuce, you know, it came out that like something like eight women have accused him of uh, sexual impropriety on set. Okay. And not like necessarily grope like the standard kind of Weinstein, Louis C.K., like groping, raping, masturbating, more of like putting women in situations where they feel like they have to take their clothes off or do things they're not comfortable with or they will have something negatively affect their career, which is also not cool. And -hmm. it's also uncomfortable because um, that's essentially the dynamic we're playing with on the show. Mm -hmm. Like making women do things that are outside their comfort zone to profit yourself uh, now I read in the interview that like the president HBO said that they t- spoke to all the women that are writers on the show and producers and actors and everyone was fine with his continuing involvement. And I hope to God that's true because if not, you're putting me in the uncomfortable place of enjoying a show that stars a guy who is essentially a pimp, like in <laughs> right. real life. Uh-huh. And I really hope this shit's all been worked through because goddamn, that would be a bummer. That'd be a bummer. I, I really like and respect every, a lot of people attached to this project, and mm-hmm. I would hate to think that'd be true. Um, but it is that that spoiled the fun a little bit for me too. That's and, a, and that's I a shame. That, honestly, I'm kind of of the opinion that if Franco was out on this project, they couldn't do it. Oh, you think like, so? I, I mean, he's such a big part of the show. You, I mean, you could go and recast him, but well, kill him. That'd be hard. You but you have him. to kill two characters. Well, right. You have to but kill I mean, both Frankie and Vincent. The, and way, I, the trajectory they're heading on, I could easily believe that happening. You know, um, but that, that's not yeah, what I, I, that's not what I want to happen. No, I want no. I want this to continue to be you know uh, I, like the that that because uh, you know Franco said a lot about trying to make things right and getting to the. I hope all that happens, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we we can we can move on. Um, but yeah, so Maggie Gyllenhaal, yeah, 
is still doing excellent work. Uh-huh. Um, I really like maybe, maybe too good. Too good? Why yeah. so? I mean, Harvey doesn't seem to like oh. it very much. Well, that's what I was going to say. She's like, missing the raison d'etre. The, the, um, the old school film editing looks like so much fucking work. Oh, God, I don't ever want it. I'm so glad I was born right? in a time where digital editing is a thing. Like, because it, was analog... so, it was so cool to see her with all the like strips of film on her and she's cutting yeah. and like moving. Like, it's I'm romantic, like, but... But you had to be so <laughs> fucking obsessive in detail and mm-hmm. like the, the, the whole physical skill set required. Yeah, like it's already hard enough to edit video digitally. Yeah. Doing it, doing it in the meat space, no, I take my hat me. off for it to you. Yeah, that, uh, that, that scene, I, I love it. It's it's like this romanticized vision of, you know, a, an artist working in, in like a, in the zone, right? That's what she's doing. But man, the process. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Why is pornography not seen as a viable medium for artistic expression? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, why don't we have visionary directors doing pornography? Like, when I think of like in the Roman times... You see these frescoes that are pornographic and like, you know, Roman bathhouses. They, I, I, I don't think they hired like the porno fresco artists. They just hired a <laughs> fresco like they, they didn't seem like those frescoes were any shittier than the other fresco. But like, even if you didn't see the fucking in modern pornography, if you just saw the lighting, the camera work, the makeup, the costuming, you would instantly be able to tell by 15, 10 seconds in. Well, this is this is this is a porn this or this is some kind of. <laughs> Like, like it's either porn or it's like some kind of Z grade uh, tra- trauma schlock, right? It's like that scene is that grade of like, it's it's not even art. Like we pretend it is to get around First Amendment bullshit, but porn is porn. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not think, art. Well, I think you answered your own question. Like, there is a very specific reason that porn is made. Where is the incentive to make it art? Because women want to watch it. You, are, are you okay? I I guess I don't necessarily agree that the same reasons don't apply to no, women. I agree, but I do think that um, right now, well, in night in in like Harvey's expressing the opinion in 1977, porn is made for men That's or women true. with yeah. masculine sensibilities in porn. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying like masculine sensibility means if you're a woman and you enjoy like the gonzo fucking that you're less than. I'm just saying that stereotypically, that's kind of like the men's like voyeur kind of thing. And stereotypically, a more feminine porn is something that has a story, why these characters are together. Um, and I got to say, I have, like, looked at some what's called feminist uh, porn. Um, like, what's that one? Like, there's like a Lust Films or Lust Cinema that's owned by and produced by women. And I, I got to say, it's it's really good. Like, having... Hmm a believable story and characters and people that can act and that, you know, uh, like are in scenes where I could imagine myself being there or I have been there in the past and I'm nostalgic for, I just feel like that's a, that's, that's something that, that, that porn doesn't plumb the depths of, Mm -hmm. and there's gotta be a market for it. It's, but, but yeah, I, I guess I, when you say art, I'm thinking just like fanciful editing techniques and, and cinematography, but if you're talking about like narrative, well, I mean, it's part of it, right? Then, then yeah, I mean, that that is what you know Maggie Gyllenhaal is talking about in these scenes, right? right? Getting inside the heads of the people watching it. Unfortunately, she's gauged the audience wrong in Harry's estimation. Yeah, yeah. estimation. I mean, I don't know. It may, may, maybe maybe people just won't won't pay that, like because like you know it's the thing is like why 
you know, you get a blockbuster has a $300 million budget. There's never been a porno right. with a $300 million budget, but that's because there's not as big an audience. But why isn't there an audience? Because you can't advertise it on television. Like that is like, is because America sets so much of the pop culture tone for the world. And we're a bunch of prudes that we don't see like high end mm-hmm. art house pornography. It's just weird because it's funny because when I was reading and there's so many great interviews with David Simon today, different think pieces. One of them, the interviews, he said he said something about like, you know, porn's never been considered high art. Mm-hmm. And the way he said it, it's like he accepted the premise. Like it's like, you know, just like, well, yeah, it's it's porn. What are you going to do? But I don't know. It almost seems like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like well done porn won't sell. No one does well done porn. You know, directing, editing, that takes time and talent. Like, the first time you do it, it's not so like, but you're never going to get like a, you know, a fucking uh, Steven Spielberg to to shoot a deep throat or something like that. Right. I don't know. I mean, in a historical context, he's certainly right. Like, for example, here's what I'm trying to say. Ludicrous, like, 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 Commando is like a gonzo porn film for violence, right? Sure. Yeah. And, 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 and Commando and Predator and things like, like, really well done, big budget stupid ass violent fantasies are mainstream no problem mm-hmm. but but there it's is not, not prudes about violence yeah yeah Where it's because sex and violence are looked on in very different respects yeah in this country that's like a purely subjective choice that like this one form of of art is degenerate and this other form of art is permissible i don't know just yeah i i i i, I often wonder that like why do we I know it makes money. Like, why do why why is so much of porn dominated by the raincoat, gutter, Gonzo, like jerking off in a peep show kind of kind of yeah. kind of thing? That's a fair question. But yeah, I think there are reasons. Certainly. Um, what else do we want to talk about? The fact that like this whole hour of television, the plot is Vinny is looking for Frankie to beat him up, and it, it's uh-huh. it's a, <laughs> such a great excuse to give us. Of tour of how everything has changed in the sex industry. We get to view the, the, the sex sets. We get to film in all the different brothels and how the brothels have changed. And we get to see all the bars and the new bars and the bars. We didn't even know we're going to be new bars. Less. It's it's pretty cool. And it's a great way to efficiently introduce us to characters like Irene and, um, you know, get, get understand like what Abby's going through with the new bar and how she's trying to be uh, more progressive and supporting like this, the, the sex workers. I, nothing really happens, but it's a great way to put us back into this, this universe and see how everyone's changed with a very simple setup. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a very well-constructed episode. Uh, I did want to talk, you mentioned Abby and her, uh, chairman Mao bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Her feminist agenda, yeah. um, in the show. I'm kind of curious what you think about Vincent and Abby's relationship because, Abby mentions in this episode, you know, Vincent pretty much lets me do whatever I want. I'm the manager here at the bar, right. but I kind of run the place. Right. Uh, do you think that's because Vincent believes in a lot of the things she believes in and wants to see her succeed or simply he's too busy to care because now he's running this disco bar? I think that she is right and that she that this guy plays dumber and less enlightened than he really is. Like, okay. And I think you're supposed to realize that when he is he stumbles into the gay parlor and he's just kind of like feasting his eyes all about. <laughs> um, I mean, he's he's like surprised saying, by what he sees, but not disgusted. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I think that's like if uh, like, like I got to wonder about a guy who would run screaming from that room. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you must really what are you afraid of? You must be really <laughs> white neck knuckling heterosexuality, my friend. <laughs> right. If you're not just at least, huh? That's interesting. Or I mean, like, I'm a little like skeeved out by the idea of people having sex around me. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a little right. weird to me. Yeah, yeah. But I it's not because be, they're dudes. It'd be that'd be outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Um. So like going into the back room of that place. Yeah. yeah I don't like, know about you'd that. Be like, Whoa! I didn't know I was in here. Like, but but yeah. Like, uh, I, I think there is a little bit of fascination and curiosity. Which yeah, I, yeah. I think is an appealing uh, 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 a characteristic on this guy. But he, he pretends to be this, you know, Manhattan Neanderthal to, yeah. I don't know, because Abby likes it secretly. Or probably because that's how he was raised and it's just what he's used right, to. Right, like, but he's not a bad person. It doesn't seem like it, yeah. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of, like, I like some of the humor and, like, you know, like, yeah, he sees this guy with the assless chaps. I understand all chaps are assless. <laughs> yes. When I say assless chaps, we're referring to the idea of person wearing chaps with no other pants on. That's what assless refers to yeah. in the chaps. The guys were assless chaps, and he's like, hey, where's he put his wallet? Like, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's real funny. But that's, like, the, that's, that's like, like... That's the kind of joke you can do when you have a diverse set of friends and like everything's in fun. Like you can make like observations like that and it doesn't feel like it's punching down because it's just like it's it's an honest question. Where the fuck do you put your wallet, man? Yeah. Is there implied keystring there? Is that what's yeah, happening? Maybe, maybe. Because the the bartender looks over. I'm like, eh. Yeah. Well. <laughs> or maybe he's got a pocket in his breast, you know, in his breast pocket, yeah. and in, in his his little fringed uh, in his chestless vest. I his don't chestless, know what he's wearing. Yeah, it's assless chaps, chestless vest. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for getting the terminology straight. I appreciate that. Um, and, but, and the the scene with the painting, I also thought was good because, mm. like, Vincent looks at it and he's like, "Is that upside down?" Right. She's like, "Possibly." I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like in the eye of the beho- beholder, you know. It's, uh, right, we're no. talking face up, face down. I don't uh, know. I, I thought it was it was an interesting way to show that she's kind of unsure about this whole thing too. You know, like she's just feeling it out and exploring it. She has very strong opinions and beliefs on the idea of feminism, but like it's a new thing. Well, plus I also think. I what, mean, I know it's not a new thing in historical concept, but yeah. like she's struggling with it, right? She's fresh out of college, right? Right. She's and she's figuring all this shit out, too. And, you know, like working around in and around the sex trades probably changed her opinions a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about their relationship? Because they're in an open relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think if you read between the lines, they've been fairly exclusive for a stretch that now Abby's kind of like wondering what's going like. Because she, you know, that like the fact that Frankie's getting married and she's like, what's going on with us? Okay, we're having a good run. And yeah. she's she's like, but you've strayed. She's like, well, you strayed too. And she says, well, I just want us all to be honest. Like, I think she's asking, is saying like, are you actively fucking anyone right now? Because mm-hmm. I, I, it feels to me like she's starting a negotiation of like, maybe we should kick this up another level of commitment. Or at least she's open Could to be. it. Yeah. But she's also like, you can see some of the dynamics that were destructive to Vincent's old relationship coming back. The fact that he is wrapped up in these responsibilities and they work a very different schedule and they can only hit at certain times. And when those times get spoiled by either her chairman Mao bullshit or his (laughs) I got to beat the piss out of my brother bullshit, it really wears. It really wears. You know, you got two hours a day you can spend together. Like, what the fuck? Um, Yeah. What else we want to talk about? I think that's about all I got. Uh, the other thing I think I want to talk about is we're talking about uh, uh, the pimp slipping is Rudy and the the mob side of it. It feels like they're slipping a bit, too. One of their muscle has fallen asleep in the back of the big man's car. Mm-hmm. And they're saying it's because he can't. I, I don't think this guy's drinking. I think this guy's is, is, is picked up a heroin habit or something like that. Could be. 
Um, like it seems like everyone's getting a little soft and getting a little sloppy because the other thing is like these guys like think their slips take just because of the plexiglass thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're not, you know, they haven't properly assessed the situation. Uh, so maybe, maybe they're trying to show that they're slipping a little bit, but I, I think it's also weird with their attitude toward things, especially the, the head guy here. Um, is it Rudy? Yeah. Rudy the guy driving the car. Okay. Uh, that guy, I guess I don't understand how someone in his position could live such a carefree life. Because if it were me, I'd be constantly caught up in the logistics of avoiding whatever police retribution uh, my criminal activities might attract. It, it feels like that they've got this understanding, though, now, where, like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's part of the reason they've got complacent is With just the that they're... And, yeah. yeah, like, hey, we're going to keep it confined here. We're going to move it indoors, and we're not going to be... Fair. Like, like they're it, like, imagine if if Amsterdam on the wire lasted five years, like I bet those mm-hmm. corner boys have gotten really fat and complacent, you know? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, uh, so maybe he, this is the best he's ever had it. Right. And he's that's relishing what he's Times that. are good. Let's celebrate. Yeah. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like there's a, there's a theme to like all of the power structures getting a little soft here and maybe they're going to mm-hmm. be shooken up by young talent. Did you think? Yeah, by the, the mayor, right? Koch. Yeah. Like he yeah, yeah, sent yeah. that guy in to yeah. sort of figure out what's going on here right right what did you think of the julito is that the guy's name though he was talking to cc about flash and versus because i almost right. think that there is that's a little bit of the thesis too you got like you know rudy and cc which are basically of the well if you can't show it what's the use where yeah. this other guy's like understated elegance is where it's at because that's how you fly by on the radar like I'm is that going to be a like, new class of criminals um and I I don't know who would be like like is is Juli, Juli, Julito going to take over on the street side of things and re- who's going to replace like is there going to be a smoother uh less less showy version of Rudy I I don't I don't know but I feel like that's one of the that's that's more of like this this themes of labor versus management kind of struggle coming mm-hmm. to and then finally like I know we talked in the um our our coverage of the deuce last year which was basically stuff we talked about on the the baldies and maybe a bald move tv segment but um Simon's uh one of the things he said last year is he wanted to make sure that none of the sex work was sexy yeah and I think this is maybe the first like really sexy sex scene they've had at the end where they 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 cut between um, Candy cutting her her new version of the porno mm-hmm. with Vincent and Abby having sex. And it's like very sexy because it's all about wanting it's all about consent right abby mm-hmm. and vincent want each other uh candy or eileen wants to like have this film freedom and they're both you know this is something that's that's like something that's that's creative and artistic and loving rather than something that's rented and cheap and yeah and artificial um and i like that i really like that they you know um went with essentially went showed a lot of restraint of of having all this like you know, obviously easy on the eye stuff going around, but making it feel very perfunctory and workmanlike and unsexy. And then they finally unleash here in the in the the last minutes of the the premiere episode in season two to like this is this is what's actually sexy about about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the job aspect of it. So there's also a lot of cool things like I really like the idea of candy. Like I was taken with the idea of like, what if a bunch of born por- uh, bored porno guys 
just picked up the cameras and went downstairs and filmed the robber. Like, like just say, Hey, we'll give you a hundred dollars to close down for 15 minutes. Let us stage a robbery in here. Mm-hmm. Like wearing our cost. Like what that be, I, I would watch. That sounds like something I would watch. <laughs> like I, I like, like I would, I would really huh. like to see there's like some low budget, like, but very intense and real kind of thing. So, oh, gorilla, like gorilla, a, like, got like, like a taxi driver kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Like I feel like, um, like Martin Scorsese is about to get into the fucking mm-hmm. Gonzo kind of filmmaking yeah, stuff, you know? Like he's right. about to come up. I, I, I don't know the timing on that. It might have happened before this, actually. Right? No, uh, I mean that's the but, thing. But it's in that that same milieu, right? Yeah, I wanted to because uh, attacking the Shankles last year because I did a, I think a Deuce roundup with Jason um, from the Nattercast, and he was we were ta- arguing about the. You know how good the de aging of New York looked because, like, you know, he's a real big aficionado of that se- the seventy filmmaking you're talking about. And I guess because mm. that was all, you know, like I said, that was all set on the streets and like it very yeah. and and I'm not steeped in that. So like, this looks like very authentic 1977s New York, but that's what a kid that was born in '76 in Indianapolis thinks. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck would I know? <laughs> but I, I I am regretting because like I meant to like man before season two the deuce comes around I'd really like to go back and see you know some of that stuff like you know uh, the taxi driver and and was Scipio is that uh, I think that's uh there was another one like a crime set in this early 70s there's a lot of stuff Hmm. like in that genre that i would like to watch to kind of get more of a grounding in this era because it does feel like a very cool distinctly american kind of like era they're uh the theme song they used elvis costello's this year's model uh or this year's girl rather is a little bit anachronistic it's a like i looked it up it came out a year after this is taking place so Uh. Sort of. I mean, the demos were probably out. He'd probably right. been performing it. But plus, this is a custom version. Did you know that? Uh, they, yeah, they got the original I, studio mix and then put in a I modern. Didn't like whatever vocals they were doing with the modern stuff. Oh, because they had like yeah. Elvis's original vocal track with another to turn it into a, a duet. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I thought it was cool. Um, the music on this show is fucking amazing. It is. Yeah. Like Christ. Like it's just it's just so good. Um. But I guess, yeah, I kind of like the theme song from last year better. I, I can't remember what the theme song was from hmm. last year. Um, but I don't know. Let's, we'll have to see. Like I, The credit sequence is like not a super big part of my enjoyment of no. the show. No. So, uh, it's, so there we go. Hey, before we get to feedback, I want to talk about the club at club.baldmove.com. That's how we are able to year-round cover some of the, the, the smaller shows. Uh, you know, uh, it's safe to say the deuce isn't burning up the, the, uh, TV show, uh, charts. Although I don't know if it is or isn't, I haven't looked at the stats last year. It was just kind of, you know, uh, but, but I love the show. Uh, it's got an audience. And if you're part of that audience, you can support it by going to club.baldmove.com. And now special feature of the club, we've removed the plexiglass. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's still, uh, your, your computer or listening device and your Wi-Fi router and, uh, miles if hundreds, if not thousands of miles of internet tubes, uh, data centers and other things between you and us. But the plexiglass, plexiglass has been removed. Yeah. You can now reach in and feel the bits. How sex feeling the bits, feel the ones bits. and zero. I like the, I like the zeros. They're curvy. Uh, <laughs> you can, you can check all that, the extra content and goodness that you get at, for the club at club.baldmove.com. It's as good as club 366. 
at least as least as many real life celebrities are hanging out at the club that baldmove.com as in club 366 mm, i can't verify that uh check it out you can you can try before you buy go to club that baldmove.com see all the different features uh try them out for yourself you can get a free 30-day trial just by signing up club that baldmove.com uh, we have a little bit of feedback. Do you want to consider that? Sure. If you'd like to send feedback in, you can do so tv at baldmove.com or go on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. This is uh, stuff I ran up from forums. Just got a few. Tyler from Nashville, Tennessee says, when Detective Alston uh, started working that homicide scene, my wire senses started tingling. Made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And Flanagan, still the patrolman. To me, that definitely says that Alston got with the new captain's program at Flanagan stuck to the same old bullshit. And as a result, he's hitting the stra- same old street beat. Yeah, that guy's a fucking train wreck. Lawrence Gilliard Jr. looks so fucking cool when he stepped out with his sunglasses mm-hmm. on. Like, that's 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 so cool. Yeah. And then also the um, uh, Bobby, uh, Vincent's brother-in-law. The fuck did I do? Like, stealing McNulty's line from The Wire. <laughs> so uh-huh. good. So good. I, hope, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. Um, but it is it is really cool seeing all these people from The Wire doing the same old thing. It, it gives it a feel of almost an anthology. Like, uh, you, you know, like um, Ryan Murphy's doing with uh, the American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dummy says, it's really amazing how gross dudes can be. It takes a special kind of person to make the decision to walk outside of the sole intention of jerking off. I'm not sure why I feel it's grosser to go to a peep show booth than buying a prostitute, but I definitely do. <laughs> I mean, it, I there wasn't internet back in the 70s. So it's true. You got to get got to get it somewhere. If you wanted to get, see live, live, live people in, on camera fucking, you had to go to a peep show, it seems like, or, or get a whole eight millimeter set up at your house. And then then you're one of those guys. Well, I agree that it's grosser because, I mean, just the the churn, <laughs> the churn of people in that oh, room. And, and, and Frank uh, and Vincent was yeah. like, oh, hey, <laughs> clean up. And I, yeah, like that must have been another like. It's a self-selecting class of dude that's willing to go outside mm-hmm. with the quote-unquote sole purpose of jerking off and then braving the jizz-slicked uh, vestibules. Yeah, not for me. No, no. Thank, I, thank God for the internet, because... Yeah, <laughs> or, even play, or even Playboy or a uh, hot piece of... I mean, like, yeah, right. like, it's, it's... I mean, to me, uh, the plexiglass being gone would be a turn-off. If if I imagine myself being in a booth and watching women strip, like the idea that that plexiglass would be not there anymore, and I I just like that that feels like I'm way much part too part too much part of the show at that point. Yeah, that feels very socially awkward. Hmm. And then plus it's like you know like uh, well there's a guy across a circle from me. Yeah, and he's got like just a really overdeveloped prostate. <laughs> He's just launching broadsides. I, fire. Oh, I want wow. a pl- I want plexiglass between me and the guy across the booth from me. I don't want to That's be in fair. a crossfire. That's fair. Good God. It's bad enough that the, <laughs> the booth is dripping with it. I don't want to actually take friendly fire. Uh, these are our listeners, and this is the feedback that they sent to us. Uh, TV at baldmove.com, forums.baldmove.com. Um, really excited to see where the season goes, who mm-hmm. lives and who dies, how... Because so much as, as much fun as it is, there's always that brutality lurking beneath the surface. Uh, and where is it going to surface first? Um, anything else you want to say? Nope. I think are we having? We're coming back later this week to do a Castle Rock. I think so. Uh, I mean the the finale is airing on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday or tonight? I thought it aired on Wednesdays. Okay, but I'm not totally sure about that. It but might yeah, be like Wednesday we at midnight. But whatever. Yeah. 
I don't know. Uh, it's the thing about timing too. Like there's a lot of shit to do between now and then. Right. So I don't even know if I'm going to have time. I've still got two episodes to watch. Uh-huh. Uh, this one and the one that came out last week. Right. So, well, if we do, it'll, it, it might be out later this week, but we will definitely be talking about it next week, uh, as part of our deuce coverage. If, if not, um, thanks for joining us on bald Move TV until next time. I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. <laughs>